0: Hey everyone, this is Kim and Mark Halinski. Thank you for joining us.
1: Welcome to United, a Halinski's Hope powered podcast focusing on student athletes.
0: We really wish we could be in a room with our student athletes talking about their mental health and how important it is to their happiness and performance in their sport.
1: Since we can't do that right now with COVID-19, we are keeping true to our mission, working to raise awareness and ending the stigma attached to mental illness.
0: And so, We're embarking on a way we can still bring you our message of hope and support, a podcast dedicated to student athletes and their mental wellness.
1: We've teamed up with some incredible mental health experts across the country and are honored to have Dr. Josie Nicholson, sports psychologist at Ole Miss, host these podcasts for us.
0: Dr. Nicholson will be using her passion for student athlete mental health as a foundation driving the conversations that will be featured in these United podcasts.
1: Please follow Holinsky's Hope on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can contact us via email at info at Hope.org. Always for Tyler.
0: And forever to three.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to United Conversations for Student-Athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. This is indeed a very strange and novel time with so much uncertainty. Nobody's sure how long this is going to last. And while we all have unique concerns, most of us have some common concerns that contribute to us being united in this together. Sports psychologists and mental health professionals have teamed up with Holinsky's Hope to launch this series of conversations for athletes, and I know a lot of people are going to benefit. Every episode will feature a different licensed mental health professional talking about one way you can take care of your mental health during this time. We hope to release two episodes a week, and we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear discussed. So please reach out and let us know your thoughts, concerns, or your ideas about what would be helpful for you to hear about or your fellow athletes to hear about. You can contact us at info at holinskyshope.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, rate us, and review us in Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get going in today's conversation with our guest, Dr. Jen Carter, Counseling and Sports Psychologist at Ohio State University Sports Medicine. Hey, Jen. Hey Josie. Welcome to the show.
3: I'm honored to be here. I know uh, the Helenskys Hope Foundation is so important to me and um, ha- after having done my training at Washington State University for my internship, that university and the people there are, are important as well. So I'm really honored to be here. Well they're doing
2: amazing work and, and this is just a, a great extension of that in this time. So Uh, So thank you again. It's going to be a great conversation. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about your area of expertise, especially there?
3: Sure. So I'm a counseling psychologist and I have specialties in sports psychology and eating disorders. And I've worked at Ohio State University Sports Medicine for 14 years. I also worked at an eating disorder clinic called the Center for Balanced Living in Columbus, Ohio, for eight years. And I mostly do outpatient therapy with a variety of people, uh, athletes, sports medicine patients, college students, and patients with eating disorders. And eating disorders really require specialized treatment due to the complexity and severity and the medical complications associated with symptoms of like food restriction or binge eating and purging.
2: For sure. I'm so glad you're doing that work. And I know you have had, you and I have had some conversations that have been helpful for me just about finding balance in our relationship with our body and food and exercise and all that. So um, so yeah, that would be a great thing for us to talk about because it's such a, just bizarre time where, you know, I'm a gym rat and I can't go to my gym and people are, it's very, a sudden, very abrupt, that gyms are closed and people have stocked up their cabinets and their refrigerators with loads of food. Um, so what is it about this time that kind of pulls us into, a direction of um, wanting to eat more than we did
3: before. Right. I think we're all trying to socially distance ourselves from refrigerators right now. (laughs) It's a tough time. And, you know, when they announced the gyms closing, that was that made things feel very real to me. And uh, that's been one of the biggest losses in my life, which pales in comparison to some of the health and economic crises that have been going on. But I know for me, exercise, especially swimming and volleyball um, have been a great way for me to deal with anxiety. And when the gyms closed, I wondered, what am I going to do? And I think a lot of us were left trying to figure this all out. And so while that was stressful, I think there have been some hidden blessings in this crisis in terms of forcing me and others to find some creative ways to move our bodies and trying some like fun aerobics videos or Pilates or something like that. And I know that memes have gotten me through it. Like the one that says, "Um, man, I was just about to start working out before they closed all the gyms (laughs) or uh, the one that says, did the, you know, when this crisis is over, how does that work? Did the producers of the TV show, My 600 Hundred Pound Life, contact me or do I reach out to them? So I think a crisis like this is really frightening, but it can also be a time of growth. So being stuck at home certainly can be a time to overeat. But I've found that some individuals I work with, are eating better than before because they have access to their home pantry without having to pack food, without having to grab a quick bite at work or school, or they might have time to cook more and try new recipes. Another aspect of this crisis is that our stressful lives have hit the pause button, and maybe it's an opportunity to listen to our bodies more and to eat and exercise more intuitively.
2: That is a really interesting point because as you were talking, I was thinking about my lunches and I, this past week, have gone outside my house uh, where I'm quarantined in and I'm sitting on the porch and just listening to the birds and eating. And it has been years since I've been honestly that present during a work week lunch. And I had not realized that before.
3: Yeah, this is an opportunity to practice mindful eating, listening to the birds and and feeling the cool breeze on your face and um, paying attention to what we're eating, not eating in front of a screen. That's often how I'm eating my lunch is in front of the computer, which is not mindful or intuitive.
2: So that would kind of be... Uh, a recommendation is to really use this time to actually eat at least one meal a day instead of eating while you're working, while you're writing this or reading that, but actually just sitting and having that one
3: focus. Absolutely. When we eat, that's all we want to do is eat maybe with the addition of some conversation with our meal companions, And I think families are getting a great opportunity to have mindful meals together and talk about their day and um, hopefully not get too sick of each other through this process. <laughs> but um, to be able to use our five senses, to smell the food, to uh, chew slowly and feel the texture of the food in our mouths Um, to look at all the different colors of the food we're eating and um, really be present. And some studies show that when we eat mindfully, we have a much less risk of overeating because we're more in tune with our bodies.
2: That makes sense. And I am now going to totally use the word meal panions. (laughs) That is great. And it's so, but you're eating together, having that conversation, you know? So um, being present
3: even in that. What is stress eating? We throw that term around a lot. Yes. So I define stress eating as unbalanced eating that's more about reacting to our emotions than about fueling our body. And we all stress eat now and then, but we want to try to be mostly mindful of our food choices. And I consider stress eating to be less harmful than binge eating. Binge eating involves eating a large volume of food combined with feeling out of control. Like you can't stop yourself and feel compelled to eat. Stress eating could also be known as emotional eating. Yeah, I think that
2: the funny phrase, I'm going to eat my feelings, has uh, come up in several conversations. Um, Love that phrase. Yeah, so my feelings are delicious. (laughs) (laughs) So it could be really hard, especially when it's kind of almost an escape from whatever unpleasant emotion I'm having, because I know that that food is going to taste
3: really good. And be comforting in a way. Right. I think we use food like we might use alcohol or other drugs, procrastination, any kind of way to avoid feelings is uh, how we might use food. Some people might restrict their food intake to help feel more in control. Um, And some people might overeat or binge eat to uh, de stress in the moment. Right. So it's really
2: just about a relationship with food that isn't about the food. It's about what, right. the, how the food can comfort or escape or lack of food can give you that sense of control. Right. And that puts it out of balance. So that makes sense, just being able to pull it into balance by being present with it.
3: Right, and I think many of us do not realize that Stress eating or binge eating may result from not having a balanced diet. So when we have we get what our bodies need, when we get a variety of uh, foods, um, all three macronutrients, then we're less likely to overeat. And sometimes we get really down on ourselves and think that our willpower sucks, but we're not paying attention to what does our body need and, and really feel like the way it needs.
2: That's so important, right? Just to know what we need and to balance balance all of that. It's really
3: hard, though. Yeah, I talk to a lot of, a lot of women who fear of this inner food terrorist <laughs> inside them. And what they realize is when they are fueling their body adequately, that intense urge to overeat and that feeling of being out of control really subsides. That makes total
2: sense. Well, while we're talking about balance, let's not shift to exercise because that is such a challenge right now in finding a balance.
3: For sure. And I think balance exercise is getting what your body needs, no more, no less. It's listening to your body. It's exercising at an intensity that's right for you, some people love a really intense exercise. I know you've done CrossFit before, right? Are you somebody who loves the intensity? Yes. And the, yeah. the gym on that so, now is pretty intense and I just miss it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find that. Um, and I know for me, uh, swimming is where I can be more intense and can't get in a pool right now. Although I have heard some people are swimming on land, oh, <laughs> it's a great creative way. Of, I'm not. I, I've tried it once. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, and I think exercise balance is also about taking at least one day off of exercise a week. It's about doing activities you enjoy. You know, if you hate running, don't run. Ooh. Try to make it playful and challenging. And when we think about balance exercise, the college student athletes we work with probably are not very balanced in their exercise just due to the very high volume of exercise that they do. And again, looking at what are the hidden blessings in this crisis, I think for some athletes, they may use this time as really needed break and getting some rest and letting their injuries heal. I know some athletes are going to be really hitting it hard during this break, but I think for others, it might be a nice time to rejuvenate.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so hard to find that balance because you're. it's hard to self-motivate, right? So for our student athletes, they're used to following a prescription in a way. This is what you're going to do. Here's how intense you're going to do it. And here's how often you're going to do it. And it would be so tempting to just take that and dial it down to zero. And just, um, it would be so hard just to self-motivate. Because if you're not doing it at that level, then it feels wrong.
3: So really finding what does your body need during that time. Right. Right. And I talked to a lot of student athletes who are retiring from their sport, and how do they exercise now as a NARP or non-athlete regular person, that's a challenge for them. And they may be facing that challenge right now, without the prescriptive training that they're accustomed to. But I think it's an opportunity to find that balance, right to listen to their bodies. Um, to keep up the training in some capacity and it might be really challenging without having the social support of their team around them and and their coach pushing them. Um, But it it could be an opportunity. It could be. What are if the temptation has
2: been to kind of not do anything because, you know, Hey, this is a break and it's going to be a while before competition is um, at the end of the tunnel
3: what are some ways to kind of get going? That's a great question. And I think that most Americans don't exercise enough that we're struggling to get more movement into our day. There is a quiz by the CDC called the barriers to being active quiz. So if people are not moving at all and want to get that going in their lives, they could take that quiz to identify what are my barriers and perhaps setting some goals to overcome those barriers. We sports psychologists work with student athletes and others on goal setting all the time. And a real important aspect of getting your body moving is to start small. If you're not exercising at all, it's really unrealistic that you're going to be exercising six days a week for an hour a day, but maybe there's a way to walk your dog. Um, you know, go for a walk and listening to an audiobook or calling a friend, doing something that's kind of enjoyable that's not hours and hours but just getting started and you know looking at what do I enjoy? what kind of activities have I enjoyed in the past? How can I get those going again, and perhaps having some accountability where you're announcing your goals to others and asking for their support and helping you reach them.
2: That's a really good point that social support and the, especially for our student athletes who are so used to that. And, and Hey, I, um, this podcast at 30 to 35 minutes is perfect for a nice walk. There you go. There you go. Um, well, as we talk about balance, everything in balance, having everything in balance is so important and yet so hard to achieve. And especially now, I find myself just struggling in my balance to respond to the whole situation. You know, I I kind of um, want to have appreciation for the risks and, you know, to take caution. And on the other side, I want to to not freak out. And I want to enjoy the hilarious memes and stuff like that. But I think that I can find myself swinging from one uh, end to the next what do you think about ways to find balance just in this responding?
3: Yeah, I think this is a struggle for all of us. And I'm pretty sure everyone has responded to any kind of tickle in their throat or headache with, Oh no, I've got the virus and, Mm -hmm. and really jumping to conclusions. I've been impressed. I think Americans are doing a great job of trying to work together to flatten the curve so we don't overwhelm the healthcare system. And I think it's important to follow guidelines. And I think we need to broaden our perspective by examining the facts. So I keep track of statistics, and as of March 29th, there are 131,000 cases of COVID-19 in the U.S., and so if we look at our population of of over 300 million, right now we have less than a 0.001% chance of having the virus. Now, if it's true that you know some individuals are asymptomatic and still have the virus, that risk is higher. But at this point, it's really low overall. So kind of differentiating what's possible versus what's probable. And I think it's okay to feel anxious about this situation. It's okay to freak out. We'll calm down later. <laughs> um, we don't want to suppress our emotions, you know, but I think we should limit our intake. Of media. I've heard some people say, you know, a half hour in the morning is all I'm going to do, or half hour at night, or something like that. Because, you know, the more negative and frightening news that the anchors share, the more they get paid. So it's often not a balanced view of the news. Right.
2: I like that perspective that, you know, the, the chances of contracting the virus are low. And partly because we're doing all these things. Right. So that balance between I'm being responsible and I'm recognized, putting it in perspective, I guess.
3: Right. And one uh, aspect we talk to student athletes about often is differentiating what's under their control versus what's not. So we can control, you know, isolation, social distancing on uh, for ourselves, um, you know, washing our hands. We can't control how much toward the people. Paper others buy. <laughs> um, there's, there are a lot of events outside of our control, but trying to home home in on the ones that we have control over and focus on those. Gosh, that's so important,
2: for sure. Well, Jen, this has been so so helpful. How can people reach out to you if they want more information about anything you've
3: talked to here? I think email would be the best way to get in touch with me. And my email is carter, C-A-R-T-E-R at O-S-U
2: Great. Thank you so much. I've really benefited from this conversation about just
3: finding balance in everything. Well, thank you, Josie. You've been doing so much for the field and thank you for being the conduit to the Holinskys. Well, thank you. Listen, if you're struggling at this
2: time, please reach out to a mental health professional in your area. And don't forget that we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear discussed. So reach out to us, let us know what's going on and how we can help you or your fellow athletes. Don't forget to share this podcast with those that you think could be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it and review it. And if you want to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athletes' mental health and reduce the stigma around mental health issues, please visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourselves, take care of others, and always have hope.